Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson and Ryan Pay joining you this week for the show. Brendan Johnson, well guess what he's doing? He's out partying. He is not here because he went to a party. Great dedication from Brendan as always, Ryan. Definitely not a man of the people. Definitely not here for the fans. I will say that. Uh, one thing, I, I, one thing. If you're sick or you have a work obligation, I can live with that. I'm not gonna rip you for missing the pod. Um, but to go be with your friends, you can't spare 45 minutes, 50 minutes to talk to us, talk to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for uh, it's terrible. Just for shits and gigs, yeah. You, you you can't you can't give us some time. I mean that uh that's where I draw my line. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a man of the people. It's ridiculous. It's insulting. I'm a little hurt. Yeah, I got here and didn't know that was happening. Oh, I I I, I heard about it today. I I was trying to schedule the time, the recording time, and uh, he hits me with the yeah, I got a party tonight. I'm like, oh, all right. No, that's, that's that's great, Brennan. Yeah, no, definitely don't care about my obligations. Yeah, no, I awesome. mean, we only do this every single <laughs> Only week been doing this for over a year for now. For a year. Only been doing this for over a year now. But, but hey. No, hey, I, hey, Brennan, hope you had a great time you, at the party. You do Maybe you, boo-boo. Who, who knows if you're even listening? I mean... Right, he's not even going to listen to this week. But, uh, yeah, hope you had a great freaking time. But let's get into it, Ryan. First off, let's. Well, we've been chatting for a bit since uh, we've been recouping the loss of Brendan, but we've been chatting, having a good time. I know you're doing well, but tell the people how well you're doing this week. I'm fantastic, man. I'm doing great, guys. I'm in a good mood, feeling good about life, feeling just good about everything. You right love now. to hear that. You really do. You know, just life is good, and that that's just a generalization. That's not because work's awesome, I got a great girlfriend, which I don't because I don't have a girlfriend. Nothing like that. Just life is good. Because you need to be positive. Yes. That's how I'm feeling. I love it. How about you, Aaron? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A little bit of a, a nerve-wracking week for me. A little bit of a nerve-wracking uh, week for this guy, huh? We, huh? we got through it. Why was it a nerve-wracking week, Aaron? Just just some just some things in life. Uh, we'll leave it at that, but we okay. got through it. Okay. We got through it. You did get through it. Yes. I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. This so, guy does have a big smile on my face. I know he was ready to cut into it, but uh, <laughs> he does have a big smile on his face. You can sense yes. a... Uh, a weight yes. lifted off his shoulders. A, a couple, a couple. But let's get into it, okay? Let's. Let's start. Well, we're going to go into the, the dark the dark segment of the week, I guess. ESPN playoff predictions are out, okay? <sighs> let's go to the Western Conference. At one, Houston. At two, Denver. At three, the Clippers. At four, Utah. Five, the Lakers. Six, the Golden State Warriors. Quite a fall. Seven, the Dallas Mavericks. And eight, the Portland Trailblazers. Let's move over to the East. First place, these are their predictions. The Milwaukee Bucks. Second place, the Boston Celtics. Third, the Philadelphia 76ers. The Orlando Magic, 
coming in at fourth in ESPN's predictions for the NBA playoff rankings. Toronto at five, Miami at six, Indiana at seven, and rounding it out, the Brooklyn Nets at eight. One team that I think a lot of people listening to this podcast care about seems to be missing from this list, Ryan. It's just disrespectful. That's all it is. We've we've harped on this so much this offseason on this podcast, and I've harped on it so much. I don't think the East took any sort of step, and I think the Pistons got better. Yet here we are. The Pistons are nowhere to be found in these playoff predictions. Not that they matter in August, but the disrespect is so blatant and so frustrating. I'll tell you what. I could maybe live with them being left off of the playoff prediction. If you don't think they're going to get in, I think you're wrong, but fine. But I'm seeing the Orlando Magic no, here. No, that's, that's four. That's and like I don't what know it my is. eyes aren't working or what because I don't I don't I don't think that's possible. That's that's like what I'm getting at is if you think Orlando is that good. And then how are the Pistons that poor? You know what I mean? Right. Right. I, and I know you said like it doesn't bother you that they got left off, but my whole point and something I truly believe is the East hasn't gotten any better and that 6-7-8 line hasn't gotten any better except for the Pistons. I think the Pistons did make... Maybe the Heat did a little bit with Jimmy Butler, but that remains to be seen. And they got all the way up to the 6th seed. I know. And they lost Josh Richardson. I know. You know, it's not like they... The Pistons didn't have any big losses. They just had solid gains Mm -hmm. for the most part. I don't understand... Like, it's just so... I can't even comprehend it. Nothing in the East happened to either the Pistons or anyone else to not put them at least like a 7 seed. Mm-hmm. Like I could be like, all right, hey, they put them at 8 or they put them at 7, fine. Like I think they would be a 6 seed, but I'm not going to fight that. But to be completely out of it and have teams like the Orlando Magic at 4? Yeah. Ah. It was already going to be a problem for me if the Magic were listed as a playoff team and the Pistons weren't. Just because there was like what, a game separating the Magic and the Pistons last year, and at the end of the day, it only mattered because Blake Griffin got hurt at the end of the season and couldn't play the final, what, five games or whatever it was. But the Magic at four, and it's not even just the Magic at four over the Pistons. They're there over the Raptors, which I don't know. I, I still think the Raptors are equally as good as the Magic, even with losing Kawhi. Um... The Heat at 6, I don't agree with the Heat being at 6. I don't really know if the Heat are a playoff team, let alone the 6 seed. Indiana at 7, which I think Indiana could be a little bit better than that. I'm skeptical of Indiana, and I've said that a lot. But I think the general expectation is for them to be better than that. But for Detroit tonight, I'm getting here. And, 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 and Brooklyn at 8. Brooklyn at 8, yeah. Brooklyn got better with Kyrie over D'Angelo. And, and some quality... Jared Simon. Allen's only getting better. Karis LeVert's only getting better. Spencer Dinwiddie's only getting better. I did not. I never thought they were going to be, you know, a three-four seed without Durant. Mm-hmm. But to be an eight seed, that that blows my mind too. In a right? Way. Who who came up with these predictions? Well, and, and you get you get Garrett Temple, DeAndre Jordan, right? Uh, Tor Torian yep. Prince. They get some good role players that are better than what they had last year. And it's just like you have them at eight when they sign 
one guy that's immediately one superstar that's going to play right away, and they made some really nice depth signings. Uh, their their young core is growing. A guy like Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. Then they have other guys on the roster that can contribute, like Joe Harris. They have all these pieces, and because Miami got Jimmy Butler, Miami's rated higher than them. It just it it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And these rate. These uh these seedings in general are just I don't know it's as wild to me absolutely wild. The West is kind of a mess too. The West, I, the Clippers at three, Dallas at seven. Dallas at seven. Are, we sure are Dallas you really is gonna make the playoffs? Are you really banking on Porzingis coming back and just killing it, killing it again? Like not pretty much picking up right where he left off before his injury. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think Porzingis eventually is going to be fine and going to be a fantastic player, like he was on his way to being. But you're really expecting them to just pick it right back up. Obviously, Luke is going to take another step, but wow, that's pretty bold for them to just. Hey, they're going to take off now. Look, I know people in KP's camp that think the world of him, but at the same time, in the Western Conference, that's going to be an absolute bloodbath, and I'm just not quite sure that. Luca in his second year and KP coming off of the injuries he's had. I don't know if they've done enough else to the roster to where they're going to make the playoffs, let alone get the seven seed, which seven rates, I mean, does it really matter in the West? No, but at the same time, the caliber of teams are just an eight seed in the West or a seven seed in the West might be just as good as a four seed in the East. Did. Did Portland take that big of a step back this offseason? I'm tr- in my head. I'm trying to think what fully was their offseason. They they brought in Hassan Whiteside. They re-signed Rodney Hood. Uh, they lost Al Farouk Amino. They lost Mo Harkless. They lost Seth Curry. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, still, that's a team that consistently has been very good, and especially the last few years has been very good for them to be the eighth seed. Predicted, predicting to, for them to be the eighth seed is really just shocking to me. I I feel like they deserve a little more respect than that. Absolutely. I really do. Even if you don't love their offseason. I didn't love their offseason. No, no one. But, I don't think anyone did. And, and I get Yusef Nurkic is going to miss some time. But still, you have a top player in the league. And I mean that wholeheartedly in Damian Lillard. Oh, absolutely. You have a great number two in C.J. McCollum. And the rest of that roster, there's some depth there. Uh, they also traded. I mean, if Evan Hassan Turner, Whiteside but, wants to play, he's right. not bad. If Hassan he's Whiteside decides, you know, I don't need a million touches. I, I can be a kind of, I can be like a an Andre Drummond light, I guess, in a sense. Then he can be serviceable. He can be good. He can, he like can not great, be but... a fine starting center until Nurkic comes back, and then he can be a good backup. And that's like that's okay. If Hassan Whiteside decides to play his role, and he is your backup center, that's a. Very good backup center to have mm-hmm. if he decides to, you know, mesh with everything. Right, go with. It. And I get losing Seth Curry means a lot, but they they have their two best players are guards. Yep, they're gonna be fine. And, and for them to slide all the way to eight after having the the regular season and the postseason that they've had and the continuity that they've had, uh, it's disrespectful to say the least. Kind of surprised with Houston at one. Um, they lost some depth. They have Russell and, and and James Harden now, so we'll see how that goes. But I don't know. I mean, the Clippers. You, the I Clippers don't know. at three I, surprises me. I, I, honestly, I feel like they're a one or two. I honestly feel like they won't need because Kawhi is the type of player, and he proved it 
that you don't need really any like time. There's no to, transition. Like there's no real transition. He is just gonna mesh if, as long as he's like happy where he's at. Like he was happy for the year in Toronto. He fit well with the guys. It just goes smoothly. He's like he's that type of player. Paul George is kind of the Paul's same way. Paul's kind of the same way. I feel like that. I feel like that transition is just going to be real smooth for the Clippers. And they have a ton, a ton of depth. A ton of it. That's a very good team that I think is certainly better than Houston. Denver at two, they're, they're going to be a good regular season team. Their playoffs uh, success, we'll see. But that's going to be a really good regular season Agreed. team. You have the Lakers at five. I mean, maybe that's fine. Utah four, maybe those guys can flip, whatever. That'll be pretty competitive. I'm fine with that. Golden State at six. That's a pretty big drop. It's like I, It's not meant to be disrespectful. It's just when you lost KD and Clay Thompson's going to be out until they think what February, March, yeah, possibly. Probably, yeah. You're rolling with D'Angelo Russell, Seth Curry, and Draymond Green. Seth Curry. Did I say Seth Curry? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, the better of the, the, the better of the brothers. No, Steph Curry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> what a Freudian slip. Jeez. Um, Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Draymond Green for the most of the season. And how tough that was. If there was the Eastern Conference, fine. Mm-hmm. But in the Western Conference, that's tough. Yeah. I don't know if. I think I'd put them at four, honestly. I'm just a big believer. I think Steph, you think so. You're, you're, I think Steph is going to come back and have like an MVP. Hey, season. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I'm ready for that. I'm not. I love. I love. I'm what not Steph Curry can sold do. on them. You know, taking a fall. It's just, it wouldn't surprise me at the same yeah. time either. You know, no, so if I mean, you like I mean, you said, you could see them at four. Hey, that's fine. I'm, I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, they yeah. could be at four. I mm-hmm. mean, they're championship pedigree, man. For like, that's fine. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just. For me, they they could go so many ways. That team, yeah, like it's just hard to pinpoint right now for I, me. I just really think the Eastern Conference is a mess. I mean, seeing Orlando and Miami even in it, let alone at four and six over Detroit, and Detroit didn't even get in at eight or whatever. It just makes no sense in the world to me. It really doesn't. It it doesn't. I'm I don't believe that the Pistons are gonna miss the playoffs. I like I don't believe that. But I'm not saying this is some world-beating team, but in an Eastern Conference that isn't all that great and didn't take a step forward, it kind of just stayed the same in terms of there's four good teams and the rest of them are kind of fighting their way through it. I, how are how, and a team got that they did get better? Not you know they didn't take some big jump, but they did get better mm-hmm. in this offseason. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know. It's just disrespectful. Yeah. No yeah. respect. No respect for this city. And the same thing went, went 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 with that way with the Pistons in Las Vegas, where they're projected what thirty six and a half wins, thirty six wins. So ESPN, Las Vegas, you know, Connecticut, Bristol, Las Vegas, Nevada, doesn't matter. Everyone's low on the Pistons outside of Detroit and even inside Detroit. Uh, just ask your hometown radio station about that one. But let's move on. Another, I guess, in a way, dark topic. A lot of talk about Kevin Porter Jr. on the timeline. Obviously, the guy that the Cavaliers selected with the 30th pick in the first round of the 2019 NBA draft. And they were able to draft Porter after making a trade with the Detroit Pistons. uh, As the Pistons owned the 30th pick, which they were able to pawn off the Milwaukee Bucks. But the Pistons, there at 30, had a chance to draft Kevin Porter Jr., a guy that... A lot of people were con- had the Pistons considering 
taking at 15. Well, he was still there at 30, and the, there was a lot of people hopeful that Detroit would draft him. Instead, Detroit traded the pick, and the Cavaliers drafted Porter. And the talk was prevalent at the draft with the Pistons potentially making a mistake passing up as talented and as flashy of a player as Porter. Well, those talks have risen again after a big game in a pro league called the Crossover. Uh, he had 40 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and 5 steals. A lot of talk about the Pistons passing up on this kid. And it, and a lot of it coming off of a game in a Pro-Am. Are you putting any stock in that? I, I can't put stock in Pro-Ams. I just can't. Stanley put up 86. Right. And Langston Galloway, Langston Galloway put up 60. I, can't, I just can't put the stock in a Pro-Am. Sure, maybe the Pistons will regret not taking Porter. Maybe mm-hmm. the league will regret passing him up and beeline and company with the Cleveland Cavaliers are, are geniuses, and we just completely yeah. missed it. But to be mad over a pro-am, I, I can't. Not me. Wouldn't be me. Right. I yeah. I remember the hype all too well about Stanley putting up 86 in the Drew League. That hype was so outrageous. Hey, I helped I helped. And you that were on train. that train. Choo-choo, you were the conductor. <laughs> but my God. How yeah. did that? How did that work out for yeah, everyone? Right, and I'm not saying I'm not comparing Kevin Porter and Stanley. They're two different players, but it's a pro am. Right, right. Like you said, Langston put up sixty himself. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, dude. and then didn't Drummond have like fifty something? Yeah, earlier. Drummond put up what fifty eight and thirty or whatever. Yeah. some crazy, crazy so, numbers. And I've been very on the record about not loving the Pistons draft day moves. I, you know, I didn't love trading that first round pick. I didn't think it was a bad move, but I didn't love it. And then I didn't like what they did in the second round. I didn't like trading picks to get Davidas Servitas, who does not and isn't ready to play at the NBA level and wasn't a big enough prospect talked about to where there was really a reason to do that. Um, so I, I was very much skeptical of that. I've been on the record talking about how I didn't love their second round. And I didn't love their moves after the Seku pick. But I... I this doesn't factor into how I feel about it. it. It's a pro-am game. I didn't love Kevin Porter Jr. going into the draft. I said I did not want the Pistons to take him at 15. I, I, if I remember correctly, I said it was him and Nasir Little that I did not want Detroit touching at 15. And I feel that way today. I would definitely would not have taken him over Seku. Um would I take him at 30? Yeah, I think I would have been like, okay, yeah, fine. 30 in the NBA draft, fine. If they took him, so be it. But I don't think it's some uh, franchise-altering miss. Right. I mean, if he ends up being a 25-point-a-game guy, you know, the next... Uh, the talk will always be the Pistons uh, traded the traded the opportunity to draft Kevin Porter Jr. for $5 million. Because that's what it was. Yeah. They, got, they traded $5 million and a couple second-round picks. And if that happens to be the case... That will suck, and we'll all feel bad, and we'll all be depressed. But at the end of the day, that's life. That's the NBA. That's business. It happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, every other team passed on Kevin Porter, too. Right. Kevin Porter was supposed to be a top, what, 12, 15, 17 draft pick. And then he did not have a great season. It did season. not happen. So it's not just the Pistons who would have missed that, missed on that. It would have been the whole league outside right. of Cleveland. Right. So, sure, if it happens where he's the man tough but it's not i'm not losing sleep over a pro-am game and you shouldn't either i 
we're in a great... My mind has seen the light when it comes to that. We'll leave it at that, but let's move on to... I think a topic we're going to end up being on the same page with, but Pistons Twitter has talked about this week. And I actually, I feel like Pistons Twitter kind of agrees on this as well. There are definitely some people that feel the opposite of the majority, but I think a lot of the, the usuals in Pistons Twitter are kind of on the same page with this one. And to be quite honest, haven't been on Twitter much this week. Just kind of a big week for me. And I know you're not on Twitter much, but a lot of talk about retiring jerseys. And the name that came up this week was Rasheed Wallace. Should the Pistons hang up Rasheed Wallace's jersey? Oh, man, what a topic. For me personally, he was probably my favorite Piston in the going to work era. I love, loved, slash love, everything about Rasheed Wallace. His attitude, his swagger. I mean, he the Garen, he gave us the guaranteed, the way he would wear the championship belt every to every game until they were dethroned. You know, the Pistons don't win the 0-4 championship unless that move is made for Rasheed Wallace. He completely changed that. Like, he gave them such a swagger. Like, that was a tough, close-knit group. But the swagger he brought was fantastic. He elevated everyone's game. And without him, I, they don't win a championship. He's the man. I love Rasheed Wallace. I, he just phenomenal. He's all Detroit all the way. Like, he's the man. And personally, in my world, I would retire his number. But in general, in the real world, I you cannot retire his number. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. Um, love Rasheed Wallace, an integral part of the going to work Pistons. But at the end of the day, you cannot retire everyone's jersey. You can't. There are already people that didn't believe Rip should have gotten his jersey retired. And I, I think it's worthy of debate. I still think he deserved it. But I think once you go past Rip, you cannot do it. What? There's things you need to consider about retiring jerseys. One thing is length of time with the team. Rashid was here for four years. It wasn't like he was some eight-year, nine-year player. Four years. And it wasn't his prime years. His prime years were in uh, Portland. That was the very best basketball-wise, Rashid. Fitting into a team and leading a team and still Detroit. But his best individual days were in Portland. Um... So, like, right, four years. And it's not like he was an all-star all four years and put up, you know, 25, 9, and 5. Okay, well, they won a championship. He's a four-time all-star. You got to put him in. He made the all-star team once. He, I don't remember, what he averaged, like 15 points a game? 16, yeah, maybe? I, I couldn't tell I, can, I don't remember his stats. 15, 16 a game with, like, six rebounds. I know Ben was grabbing every rebound at the time, but, like, six, seven boards. I mean, the numbers weren't there. The length of service wasn't there. He had a huge impact, but it just not enough. Not it's not retired jersey impact. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not articulating myself well. I don't know how to properly put it. You like? It, I don't think either of us wants to come off like we're speaking negatively. No, about Rasheed like Wallace. I said, Rasheed Wallace is my favorite piston from the era. Without him, they don't win the title. But at the same time. You cannot retire everyone's jersey. Because if you put Rashid up there, you have to put Tayshawn up right. there. Right. You could never... You, could you never couldn't leave him out. Rashid up. 
and not put Tayshon. You're going to have four of the five starters from the going to work Pistons up. You cannot do that. And does Tayshon deserve to get his jersey retired? I'm sorry. I kind of lean towards no. I don't, I don't think, think so. you can retire everyone's number. They can be great players, have meaning to your franchise. Yes, Tayshon was the prince of the palace. Rashid was that kind of bad boy of, of the going to work Pistons. But they can mean a lot to the franchise without getting their jersey retired. Exactly. Bingo. I. <laughs> It's just, I don't know. Like, we, you just, you can't retire every jersey. Like, a jersey being retired is a special event. Like, you had to have been the best of the best. Like, you have to, you have to have spent more than five years with a team. Like, three, four years with a franchise, that's not enough time to get your jersey retired. Unless you went ham in those four years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's, it's I feel dumb. like I feel like most people are in agreement with us. And like I said, in my own personal world, Rashid has his number retired because I love him and he's my favorite piston. But in the real world, no. Yeah. No. It's just I don't know. It's just not enough. You can, like you said, you can mean something to a franchise, very much mean something, and still not have your jersey retired. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree a lot on that. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Love Rashid. Did so much for the for, for the Pistons. Helped win a championship. But you can't bring... Uh, you can't put everyone up in the Raptors. I mean, if if you're going to do it, you got to put Tayshaun up there too. Yeah. And you're not going to see me bitch and moan and complain if those numbers went up. I was no. like, whatever, fine. No. You know, awesome. Right. Great. Like, I know because some people lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's know, not at the end of the day, it's just not that serious. It's just not that serious. Even though Jersey retirement, like I said, it's supposed to be like really meaningful. Like the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And Ch- Chauncey and Ben, absolutely. Rip, some people feel one way, some people feel another. But he made it up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I don't know, for a guy who was only with the franchise for four years, uh, and it wasn't like he you know, killed it in those four years. I can't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement. And it kills me to say that because, like I said, I love him. But let's uh, let's move on from this topic. Yeah, let's get off this one. But um, let's talk about something that's. I think it's a little interesting. I think we can have different answers for this one, too. I want to talk about, it, it will include the rookies and the second-year players. So, Sekou, Jordan Bone, um, I guess if... Lewis King somehow, you know, ends up on the main roster and, and is considered in this situation if you, you know, you feel and feel so strongly about that. And then Bruce, Kyrie Thomas, Fima Luke. I want to group them together and I want you to tell me who you think out of that group is going to have the best season. From the young guns? Yes, from the from the rookies and the second year guys together. So you can pick Seku, you can pick Speak, pick whoever. All right. A little bit of a tough question. I know. I'm putting you on the spot. No, no, it's but. fine. Well, as Stefanski was on 97.1 or the local radio station, whatever you want. We're a podcast. 97.1. That's the local radio station. And he did an interview. And he talked about how he does not expect Seku to play very much at all this season. Unless he just goes crazy in training camp 
improves he's the man. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't expect him to play. So that takes away any expectation I had. Not that my expectations were super high, but so I'll scratch Seku off the list right there. I mentioned on a previous podcast of uh, the three uh, the three sophomores, Bruce Brown, Sfima Kailu, Kyrie Thomas, that I think Kyrie Thomas is going to be the odd man out for right now in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So let's scratch him off the list. Jordan Bone's not going to be on the team. He's going to be in the G League. Scratch him. So that pretty much leaves you with Svee and Bruce. And those are kind of the easy answers, but that's kind of what I expect. And at the end of the day, the, the easy answer is Bruce Brown. I think his defense is going to be fantastic and going to be much needed for this team. Uh, his ball handling and decision-making and facilitating is going to be at the next level for him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to finish a little bit better at the rim. I still don't think his shot's going to be there. But I think you're going to see him finish better a little, a little better at the rim. He's going to be a better facilitator, a better ball handler. And his defense is only going to get better, honestly, because he's now he knows the league, like really knows the league. He spent a year in it. He really knows it. Not that a second-year guy knows everything about the league, but from rookie year to second year, your knowledge level goes way up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's only going to help him even more. Let me make my case for Sme- for wow for Svima. Please, because... I wanted to say him, but I, f- I went with the easy answer. So please, yeah. make the case. Okay, I'll make my case. Because I think, especially with the, 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 the talk about Seiko not really getting much run in his rookie season, the, the backup three spot is Svee's to lose. And this is a guy that the Pistons were high on. They really like. They were very happy to get him at the deadline for Bullock. And... I expect him to play. I expect him to play. I expect him to be in the rotation. And at that backup three spot, I think he's going to be put in a position to succeed. He's going to be able to really shoot the basketball. He's going to have ball handlers on the floor with him. Whether the backup unit or the backup guards are Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard, are Derrick Rose and Bruce Brown, um, you know, he's going to have guys that can handle the basketball and can really set him up. While also being a guy that himself can handle the basketball and set himself and others up. And I think that's just a really good spot to be in for him. Because he's a very good shooter. And the the defense is not going to be able to hone in on him. The defense is going to be honing in on Derrick Rose. And if Luke Kennard comes off the bench and Luke Kennard. But a lot of the attention is going to go to Rose. And rightfully so. But Rose is the kind of guy that has that gravity to his game to where he's going to sap defenders into the lane. And a guy like Mikhailu can really make his living out there. And we see the shooter that Svi is, whether it's the the workouts or summer league or college, whatever it is, he just can really shoot the basketball. So I think that's just putting him in a great position. I, I, I think he's going to be able to really make an impact offensively. I think you'll be able to see him make some plays where, where in summer league, when the defense was kind of honed in on him, he wasn't able to do as much with the ball in his hands. You know, his passing struggled. Tried to make some reads here and there, but didn't have the greatest amount of success. Uh, but now with Rose and, and either Brown or Kennard, who both handle the ball and distribute, there's going to be less attention on Svee and more of an opportunity for him to stand out. Uh, no, I, I very, very much wholeheartedly agree with you. I think he's in a great spot right now. It really is his three spot to lose. And also, like you said, in the Summer League, a lot, 
All the attention was on him and Bruce Brown. In the real NBA game, no attention is going to be paid to him. Especially if Luke Kennard's coming off the bench with the second unit. unit, Everything is going to be on Rose, Kennard, and anything left over will be on Marcus Morris. Or, I mean, um... You really, you're literally I, messing up the brothers. I today. cannot help it. I'm who I am I? You, it. Jesus! <laughs> hey, whoa! Oh, I am messing up everything, man. I cannot keep brothers straight right Ryan, now. Ryan's got to go to bed. I do you have know, to go you, to bed. Brennan, Brennan put a lot of pressure on Ryan this week. He put a lot of pressure on both of us. I had to step in and host a show. There's, you know, it's just us two talking. Brennan just, I, bro, I'm tired. A loop. I'm a mess. I cannot keep names straight. What is happening? Seriously, but anyway, oh gosh, Brendan, <laughs> you son of a gun. Rose Kennard, if Kennard's coming off the bench, and then any leftover attention will be paid to Morris. Svee is going to be left alone with just his guy, and that's it, to spot up. Having that type of shooter to kick out to for Derrick Rose is going to be huge. I think Svee is very much set up to have... A very nice uh, sophomore season campaign. Yeah, I'm excited for him because he's such a wild card. I really don't know if there's a great sense of what he can be. Not that he'll ever be an all-star. No. But no. I, I think there's just that, that intrigue, that mystery around him where he came to Detroit, didn't really play much with the Lakers, and he didn't play much with Detroit. But when you see him and you and you hear people talk about him, you're like, they're really talking this guy up. Where he, he's probably something. And now I think there's just that chance where we'll, we'll actually be able to see how much of a player Mikhail Luke is. Because he really is a great shooter. Like The guy has a stroke, man. Mm-hmm. He can shoot. And it's not like that's all he can do. Right. He's athletic. He can move a little bit. He can handle the ball a little bit. So that's why there's intrigue with him. It's not like he's one-dimensional. And if, hey, you just get in his grill so you can't shoot, he's done. Yeah. He can move. He can dribble. He can handle. He can make some decisions. So there's... Real intrigue around him, on top of the fact that he is a fantastic shooter. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about him, but Bruce Brown will be intriguing too. You guys know how much I like Bruce Brown. I talked about him being very much so worthy of the playing time that he will receive next season, whether it be at point guard, at shooting guard, wherever. But uh, one final thing before we get into the end credits, the Pistons preseason schedule announced they'll play Five games, they'll play Orlando, Dallas, Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Charlotte. The preseason kicks off on October 7th, so we're getting a little bit closer day by day. We're really not that far off, guys. I mean, we're really not. I know it It seems like it's far off, but honestly, I don't feel like it's been so long without basketball. You know, I don't I, feel like it's been dragging, you know what I mean? I feel like just these past... Two or so weeks is where it's been like, oh man. It's kicked in a little, you're right. It's kicked in a little bit. Um, but we're not that far off. Yeah. We're really, October 7th. Hey, October 7th. At we're LCA. a month and a half away. We're getting close. It's getting there. Yeah, we really are. So before we close off the show, I want to talk about a couple pieces that came out this week on palaceofpistons.com. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, on Monday, we had a piece drop about the training camp battle that will ensue between Christian Wood and Michael Beasley for what will likely be the final spot on the Pistons roster. A really great piece. Definitely go check that out. Uh, another piece dropped on Thursday where we had an interesting an interesting topic. It's not something that you're going to see 
well, really anywhere else. It's just that uniqueness that Palace of Pistons brings to the table for you. It was an article talking about the Detroit Pistons' new training center and what that's going to mean for the Pistons now, for the city of Detroit now, for the future of the Pistons, and for the future community of Detroit. It was just a really insightful, well-thought-out piece, so definitely go check that out as well. Luke Kennard of Palace of Pistons, Tim Forgans, already got his next video scheduled. That'll come out on Monday on the Palace of Pistons YouTube page, so go subscribe there. You can follow myself and Ryan on Twitter. You can follow Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at A Johnson NBA, and then Brendan, I guess, will we'll give his Twitter. I mean, sure. I don't know if I want you to go follow it, but I'll give you his username maybe if you want to go bash him. At Media Brendan's his handle. Follow us on Instagram, Palace Pistons. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Um, that, that covers the big ones. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Anchor, um, wherever else you're listening because there's so many different platforms that you can listen to this podcast. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the follow button. Any of those things, those all help our show. So if you want to support us in a very simple and easy way, we would greatly appreciate that. But Ryan, Great being with you here today. I, I enjoyed Brennan, myself. Brennan couldn't show up. I think we did a great job. Hey, I enjoyed your company. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Palace of Pistons were everywhere, man. I love it. Like, I, love I mean, it. we're really pumping out quality content right now. And yeah. that's... that's. I mean, it's hard to do right it's, now, too. It's right now in this dead period. The boys, the writers, the fellas, they're putting out some good stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. Really. Read it. I'm telling you, you won't be mad. You'll really enjoy their work. Yeah. I mean, hey, you already heard my spiel about it. You heard Ryan's. Now you should just go do it, because I guarantee you we're not wrong. But that's going to wrap it up for us here on this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. So we thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.